welcome to another episode of Tactical Tuesday. Today, John and I are going to be going through the process of creating a framework for bluff catching using Equilab. So that's going to be the point of emphasis in today's show. And before we dive in to the hands as well as the bluff catching framework, I wanted to take a second to mention that CPG right now for the next couple of weeks is going to be doing a giveaway with about $50,000 in prizes. Um, even if you've been a member of the village and have bought everything that CPG has ever made, I know there are a bunch of you out there, I would still suggest uh, joining the, the giveaway and participating in the giveaway because one of the grand prizes is going to be a weekend workshop with me for 10 people. And if you own everything already, you'll get an automatic pass into the weekend workshop. And that's something that, you know, you can't buy on the public market. I've never sold anything like it before. And so, yeah, I just wanted to create something special in there for all the folks that have supported Chasing Poker Greatness throughout the years, as well as, you know, have a bunch of prizes for folks that maybe a little bit new, newer to Chasing Poker Greatness. So with that said, you know, the, the giveaway, going until the end of January, hop on there, do all the things, win the workshop, and you know, probably goes without mention, and there's gonna be an ad in the middle of today's show, but yeah, this, this is probably the last giveaway that, that CPG ever does. Um, I, I just, I've always been a strong believer in the value of courses, the value of coaching material, just the values in executing, going through it, doing the work and a lot of times when you get something for free i think you you don't end up doing the work that you otherwise would have had you invested your financial resources into the thing so you know be sure if you win a prize do the work that's what is ultimately most valuable most important so with that little spiel out of the way mr john how you doing sir welcome to Good. the show Ready to start doing doing the work. Right Ready here. to start doing the uh, work. You, you're some hand. Yeah, for for those of you listening on the podcast, you, you couldn't see John just you know nodding nodding along there. He's he's really good at nodding. I I think he's world class. <laughs> some would say world class. It's a big it's a big part of being a, a good podcast guest. I heard <laughs> you're the hype, <laughs> the hype man. All those nods. Um. Well, tell me. You know, you put together today's theme. So tell me what you envision uh, this episode looking like, and then we can we can dive in. Yeah. So like you alluded to, we're going to be using um, a equity calculator called Equilab. Um, we've pulled this out a handful of times in in uh, across old Tactical Tuesday episodes, but it's been a while, so it's probably good to good to bring it back. And in both of these hands, we're going to be um, I'm going to be in a spot where I'm facing a bluff catching decision on the river. Um, and I'm just going to walk through how I think about bluff catching and sort of how I use Equilab to um, double check my thought process after I've played the hand. Very nice. So we're going to make use of this $4 a month subscription to power Equilab that we got going on. I like it. I like it. Uh, so, all right, let's start with the first hand. You want to break down the action if you sure. feel like you, you can handle it today. So black aces, this is going to be a pure open for me from every position, um, but definitely <laughs> middle position. <laughs> so I make it $30. We're playing six max cash, 510. Um, we're at a full table. 
fold around to the big blind. He has me covered. We start about we start at exactly 100 big blinds effective. He defends the big blind, so we got $65 in the pot going to the flop. 10-6 deuce rainbow. Not very many bad flops for aces, but this seems like a, a pretty good one. Um, or an especially good one. The big blind starts out with check. That's pretty expected. Um, I think we have a decision here as to um see bet size, maybe even whether to see bet at all. Don't think, you know, don't think it would be absolutely crazy to check back aces on the flop. Um, I decide to go for a large C bet, I assume. Something bigger than half. Yeah, I think you could go multiple ways, right? Like you could you could even overbet this flop. I think overbet is reasonable. I think betting nope. small, like a third, is reasonable. Um looks like you you went the the half route, so in between a third and well, in between <laughs> yeah, a third you can and do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you you can you can do pretty much whatever you want. Yeah. Small, medium, big, really big, check. Right. You get check raised, which should be a fairly low frequency event, I would think. Tell me about villain check raise. So John bet 30 into 65, villain check raise to 103. Um little I think the check raise frequency, like you said, is gonna be um lower once I pick half pot relative to um, you know, had I picked a third. I think then getting check raised by getting check raised at a higher frequency would be much more expected. I think um once I pick a larger size and get check check raised, uh the check raising region is gonna be much more equity driven um, than it would have been if I had picked the small size and gotten check raise. So I think it's just going to be a lot of the front door gut shots. Um, maybe it's just like all gut shots with backdoor flush draws, which is going to eliminate, you know, one of the one combo from each of the possible gut shots. Um, I think the value region is, um, you know, the easy hands to think of in the value regions are hands like pocket sixes, pocket deuces. Maybe a 10-6 suited if that defends facing a 3x um, from early position. That's a little Out bit it. loose from the big blind. Yeah, yeah, a little um, sketchy. I think pocket 10s, mostly three bets facing an MP open um, from the big though. blind. Good also flat. questionable, though. So yeah, maybe we give him you know, a couple combinations of pocket 10s, maybe you know half of the combinations of pocket 10s or something like that so that sure. we can account for some of the times that they three bet. Um, and then the bluffing region, I think, is going to be a lot of 9-7 suited, 7-8 suited, 4-5 suited, 3-4 suited. Um, yeah, just all those gut shots and, and maybe he needs a backdoor flush draw. Maybe he doesn't. Who yeah. Knows? It, it's a good, it's a good thing that, you know, the board is rainbow and the, the board being rainbow is pretty important here just because it gives villains a lot more backdoor flush draws in which to raise with. Right. So, you know, seven, eight of spades, uh, four or five of clubs, um, eight, nine of diamonds, like just all, the suited connector region of their range, the suited one gapper region of their range generally is going to come with a backdoor flush draw unless they have hard heart. So, you know, just they have a lot of front door gut shots with probably some sort of backdoor property to go along with them. I would imagine that's that's the primary makeup of their their check raise range here. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. If they're going like really, really deep into their bag for a check raise range, maybe something like, you know, jack nine of diamonds. Like that's a hand that I would expect to check raise much more frequently facing a third and maybe... Yeah. Not check raise facing the larger sizes. Queen Jack of oh. Diamonds, Queen Jack of Spades, like some sort of three straight with a with a backdoor flush draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we give him credit you know, for value. I I one of the hands that I didn't mention was maybe a hand like Ace Ten, um, Ace Ten offsuit that doesn't three by preflop. That might be like the lowest they they go down facing a big uh sure. the lowest go down they go down into their check raise range facing a big flop C but but anyways, 
we get check raise here. So we're already sort of in a uh, bluff catching mindset with aces on 10 6 deuce rainbow. We obviously call, not going to fold yet. Queen of diamonds on the turn. So the board is queen 10 6 deuce with the queen 10 of diamonds. And Don't expect this card to interact with their check raise range at all. Um, I mean, it interacts with their check raise range, just like seven, eight of or eight, nine of diamonds, right? Like, yeah, turning, double, turning, turning, turning some sort of like combo draw, jack nine of diamonds, we mentioned. <laughs> so, like, that that can turn a combo draw. So, um, it's actually kind of interesting though, because I, I, so the villain bet pot now. So, villain, uh, ace 10 is no longer in villain's range. They're properly polarizing here with a pot size bet, setting up, um, you know, an, an SBR of, of, of under one on the river. One thing about this pot size bet on the turn, I, I wonder if the combo draws do bet pot on the turn. Um, simply because it opens up jam as a, as a very realistic possibility with your over pairs. And getting jammed on with like the eight nine of diamonds i guess the eight nine of diamonds can just call all in jack nine of diamonds can just call all in so they're really good combo draws king jack of diamonds maybe that that can just call all in so they're really good combo draws can just call all in but you know hand like seven eight of diamonds or four five of diamonds three four of diamonds those hands would be pretty pretty sad to face a jam which i think is going to happen at a lot higher than zero percent frequency Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're not going to be getting the the right price to call. Sure, you're you're basically they're just putting their equity at risk. So yeah. makes me like a little makes me want to remove um the flush draw the the diamond diamond hands from their range, um at least yeah. a little bit. Not not all of them, but I I think they just don't bet pot here with all of their like diamond diamond yeah. hands. And I think like I think just to discount some of the diamond diamond hands even more. I think some of the hands that you mentioned just three bet preflop pure, you know, hand like King Jack of diamonds, just three bets preflop pure, sure. I think. So like there's, yeah, I think we're really just talking about like the non-Broadway, uh, most of the non-Broadway ones. Uh, but yeah, we face pot here. Um, yeah, I think it's a good consideration that they, you know, that this size might, might start eliminating some of their their strongest uh, combo draws now. It's like the uh, middling, maybe not the, the strongest, yeah, yeah. the, the yeah. second tier yeah. combo draw type hands, yeah. uh, I think. So, yeah, I mean, the flush drop plus gut shot type hands. Yeah. The, the reason why I mention all of this is, you know, in case the river is a diamond, then, you know, we we kind of understand villain's range makeup a, a little bit better before we get there. So that we don't mm -hmm. just, you know, freak out on a diamond and yeah. don't really have an idea of, of what we're going to do. And I, I think for the listener, it's really important to consider you know, future possibilities and ask yourself like, okay, like what, what is villains range makeup here and how does that affect my downstream decision? Um, mm -hmm. and so here I imagine that you're just going to call. All right. So you do call and I, I think calling is good. So queen 10, six, and... deuce, queen 10 of diamonds and the river is the eight of diamonds. So it's a good thing that we spent a lot of turn talking about the diamond yeah. potential on yeah. the river here. And well, I guess they can't have the eight, nine of diamonds because the river is the eight of diamonds. Can't so, have seven, eight of diamonds. We're the, yeah, we're the seven, eight of diamonds. So the, the final board is queen, 10, eight, three diamonds, and then a six and a deuce. So 
this backdoor flush draw completer does give villains some pairs with their gut shots. It does complete seven, nine. I imagine that villain's going to jam. It wouldn't be a very good bluff catching framework episode if, if villain just checked. Villain does in fact jam. So they jam 600 into 800 and you know, John needs 30% equity. And now we're going to bust out ye old Equilab. Can we get there? Can we get to 30%? Get our money's worth. It's $4 a month. All right. So everything's already input. The board, your hand, only thing that's left is going to be, you know, what range do we think they have? Yeah. So what I would do here, um, you know, if I was trying to study the spot in game and, and try to figure out whether I, I um, came to the right conclusion or not, I think I would just start out by inputting what I thought the entirety of villains ranges in the spot and running our equity versus that range and trying to see if we can get to 30% plus so that we can make a break even call facing, um, you know, a $600 river bet. So mm -hmm. see Brad's already gotten started. Yeah. So I put in one combo of tens, sixes and deuces. Those are the most obvious, um, yep. the most obvious value combinations. Give him four combos of nine seven. All four, huh? Yeah. Let's just right. let's start out with a so be generous that they yeah. make the back door straight. Um Jack of Diamonds, nine of diamonds. Okay. Maybe all four combos of Jack Nine. Yeah, maybe all of them. Yeah. Uh oh. I feel like it's gonna get hard to get 30 now. Okay. Okay. So now we gotta give him some bricked gut shots. <laughs> yep. So four or five suited. Mm-hmm. Three, four suited. Three, four suited. I think that like the the pairs can probably still go for it. Seven, eight suited, and eight, nine suited. Yeah, I agree. I think once you get to the river in this in this way and make an eight, you're not, you know, it's hard to. Oh, I did it! I, I did it! I, maybe I can win now. I checked yeah. A's versus Big Bad and bet pot on the turn and villain called. Maybe, <laughs> maybe my my eight is is the winner. Probably not. Yep. Okay. So does this seem like a reasonable place to start? Seems Can't think reasonable. of too many hands that we might have missed out on. Yeah, it seems seems fairly reasonable. Um, pretty generous. I think this is like kind of a oh, close to a worst case scenario for us. Yeah, although we did give villain like all their pairs to turn into bluffs, so that's that's yeah. pretty generous on our side. Yeah. Um, let's just see where we're at. We need more than thirty percent right now, right? Yep. Wow. So we're at forty-one percent. So we're already home. Uh, let's let's take out the pairs. Let's just assume that they they chicken out on the river and they decide that an eight might be good some of the time. All right. That's probably like that's also the first adjustment that I would make because I think that's like that's the biggest assumption that we're making in this range analysis is that like okay they might you know still jam third pair on the river and maybe sure. they do maybe they don't so yeah even if they don't we're still in the clear. Yep. And the three, four, and the four, five suited both include, you know, diamond, diamond. So mm -hmm. they have flushes with those. They have all the nine sevens. They've got all the jack nines. One combo of tens, sixes, and deuces in full. So yeah, even if we take out, you know, the generous, the generous ones, we're still able to call. Uh, they mm -hmm. they really need to. I don't know what they need to do because it's. Like, like essentially strategically what they would need to do is 
you know, check raise flop with um, more of the like backdoor nut flush draws and then only barrel the turn when they turn a flush mm-hmm. draw, which would give them more combos of value and fewer, but not inflate their bluff region. So I think that's, that's most of what villain can do here to, to, to add more value without giving themselves more bluffs is, is, is actually quite difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a spot, you know, upon looking at this, this equity calculation that it's, it, it seems like a spot where it'd be very easy for villain to overbluff, right? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what kind of what we're seeing right now is that like, wow, we can just like start removing even, you know, even the, the, the more questionable bluffs in their range. And we still have enough equity to call, which means that, you know, even someone just playing the spot very sort of standard in ABC is going to run into a situation where they're likely over bluffing, even if they don't mean to be. Right. And, and if they show up with a hand that like we didn't put in Equilab, it's almost always going to be good for us yeah. and bad for them. Right. Which, yeah, you just basically can't fold on the river here with aces. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to go on a limb you... and say that you, you can't fold. You're not going to fold. Yeah, I, I, I didn't fold. I, I think this is, you know, once you start, I think the, the good thing, the, the the benefit, you know, like you said about doing the work after you, you big the, uh, big the, the giveaway, um, a big part of doing the work, I think is that like, once you start just training in, in Equilab or whatever equity calculator you use a lot, these sort of over bluff spots almost become a little bit intuitive in game where you're just like, it's hard if they just check raise all their gut shots on the flop for them to not be over bluffing by the time you get to the river. And I think that's like, you know, ideally, like that's like sort of the, the intuition that all this Equilab work hopefully hones, right? Is that like you just get into a situation in game and you've just run so many equity calcs for similar situations or or analogous situations that you know you get to the river and it's 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 a you know it's a non-decision almost. You just you, you already know what's going on. Yep, I'm a I'm a big believer in you know just doing this kind of when you do it again and again and again, it can feel pretty arduous and, and taxing. But it does help sharpen your your understanding of how these spots work and just the combinatorics of it. And you know, combos matter. Combinatorics matter. Like they're they're this is a game of math. And it, in order to figure out like whether or not you should bluff catch, you, you need to have a general idea of you know how many combos of value does villain have, and then how how many combos of bluffs do I need to find so that I can win thirty more than thirty percent of the time here on the river. And if you don't if you aren't doing that on a regular basis, then it's really difficult. You have no guiding light in which to to base your decision on. You're just kind of like, you know, grabbing around in the dark. So yeah, this is a great hand. And let's see if what went down. Uh, you called and villain has the fourth tray of clubs, which was a hand that we gave them in our analysis. So didn't didn't learn that this spot is uh, juicier than it appears to be, but we, we did learn that villain does have the four three suited, which yeah is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, and I think I, the biggest takeaway from the what we learned is that like it doesn't even if it wasn't juicier than we thought it needed to be, we're still like way in the clear to to call with our bluff yeah, catchers five percent um, above the threshold. Yeah. Right. right, and that's like I don't know that that to me that's like a really important you know thing to know or, or or take away from this hand so that like you know next time again like i said next time i'm here it's it's really easy to to make these sorts of calls perfect good stuff we got a, another bluff catching scenario coming at you right after the break remember 
watched the ad. I've been coerced into forcing you to, to watch the, the sweepstakes ad. Actually, if you don't want to watch it or sign up, great. But the people that, that do watch it, yeah, I, I think you, you, you've got a decent shot of pulling a prize. So stick around. We'll be break. We'll be back after the break. Man, talking's tough. Coach Brad, the founder of Chasing Poker Greatness, here with an announcement as we usher in the brand new year. The CPG marketing team has joined forces with a collection of poker rock stars to put together a $40,000 giveaway in poker training content and poker coaching. They probably don't want me to say this, but giveaways are not really my thing. So my belief is that human beings tend to value the things that they pay for a lot more than they do not, which is why this will almost certainly be the last giveaway that CPG ever does, and also why I've decided to include a prize that you simply can't buy on the open market, which is a two-day, eight-total-hour poker weekend workshop led by me. Including the workshop, CPG is going to be giving away courses, private coaching sessions, database analysis, and optimization sessions, and in total, there's going to be 100 prizes that are given away. Brand partners include PLO Mastermind, that's ran by the great Jay Nandez, MTT legend Alex Assassinado's Poker Head Rush, KL Cleeton's Range Trainer Pro, Zach Elwood's Reading at Poker Tells, Dr. Trisha Cardner, and Intuitive Tables. For all the details on how to enter the New Year's Resolution Giveaway, head to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash New Year's. One more time, that's ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash New Year's. And be sure that if you enter and win, you do the work. That's the thing that ultimately matters. All right, welcome back from the break. We have queued up for you two eights in the back half of today's show. John, you want to just dive directly into the action? Yep. So in the cutoff, action folds to me. We're five-handed. I open pocket eights, get flatted by the button, flatted by the small blind. Looks like a pretty good game. Yeah, it does. And then the big blind squeezes. <sighs> so ruins everything. Yeah. You never know. It could just be making it making it more fun. I, I think some things to, to consider here. You opened minimum from the, the cutoff. The button called the small blind, who appears to be a white belt called, and then the big blind squeezed or squoze. What's, what's the past tense of, of squeeze? I think you got it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's squozed. Um, one thing about this, this spot, I, I guess it doesn't really... It's not a gigantic factor because the the small blind caller, who's the white belt, only has 350 behind, and the squeezer is making it 130. But I do think it's quite a small likelihood that the small blind back jams after flatting. So the squeeze is, you know, pretty. I don't think the the squeeze is going to be like substantially tighter than usual here um, in this exact spot. But just something. To note, nothing much you can do here other than than flat. And any oh. thoughts about jamming eights? I know that's like we're we're kind of getting into we're getting out there pre-flop, but there's there's twenty big blinds or nineteen big blinds in the middle. Yeah. All right, whatever. We, probably we, not. We, I, do uh, that. Okay. I, I, I probably not. But yep, yep, yep. I think it's just too too juice potentially juicy of a spot with the button and the small blind left yeah, back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and the small blind and the button decide to fold. And so 
now the spot is just is what it is. Your head's up. <laughs> it's like, heads wow, we're at this great table and somehow I'm playing a heads up three bet pot versus the only, only regular looking guy. Great. Well done. You did it. Congratulations. So the flop is nine, three, three with the nine tray of spades. There's 300 in the middle. John's got 870 behind. Um, you know, I imagine villains going to be starting out. Actually, I think on a board like this, they, they could very easily have, have a checking range as well as a betting range. So yeah, I don't think I betting is, is like a given here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if we do bet or if they do bet um, again, I think it, I don't know. I don't know exactly what size I, I, I probably big, be shocked to see, but yeah, I think a third is fine. I think, you know, big is fine. Big probably meaning something around the realm of like half pot to, to two thirds is, is what I would expect to see. Uh, but then, like you said, I think checking is, is yeah. just fine as well. We have no idea exactly how this guy's deciding to structure his strategy. He starts out with a pretty big bet, starts out with half pot. Um, By the way, when I say big, like half pot is my big. Um, yeah, yeah. In the three bet pot. So villain does decide to bet big. So essentially they're they're starting out essentially polarizing, right? They they're, they have over pairs and they have hands that are not over pairs and potentially hands that are like, you know, flush draws with over cards, right? Maybe some yep. backdoor flush draws with over cards. Um, also going to be in there, ace five of clubs, ace four of clubs, some sort of like three straight with a backdoor nut flush draw could be a hand that that merits a big bet. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of how I would think about the range starting on the flop. Sure. Yep. I think that's that's reasonable. Can't do much with our eights. Definitely not eights with a spade because that's called a half pot. Can't fold and can't raise. So yep. I guess you just have to call. Turn is a six of clubs. So puts up the potential backdoor flush draw that as I mentioned on the flop, I do think is a portion of villain's range and man, what do I expect villain to do here? I'm kind of in a, in a tricky situation. Maybe check everything might not be the most unreasonable play. That's what I expected. Um, given the SPR, there's 600 in the pot, got 721 behind. I think a check everything strat here would perform really, really well. Um, there's not much I can do versus a range check with my bluff catching region other than, other than check back and play, play rivers. Yeah. Play rivers. Yeah. Which is like, you know, not, you know, not that exciting of a prospect for me and they can just play this easy strategy of checking range on the turn and then jamming, you know, having a really, really clear cut jet value jamming range on the river and then just match up, you know, a certain number of bluffs to, to balance that out. Um, so that's, a, I think that's a really easy strategy to execute. So, wouldn't be surprised to see them check. That's what they do. You check behind because that's pretty much what, what you got to do. Villain Villain's range is polar still. So mm-hmm. you check behind. Rivers, the tray of hearts. And now I pretty much expect Villain to only have one size when they do bet. And that size yep. is, you know, all you, all you can eat, baby. Yep. And so nine three three six three final board. We got eights. Yep. Three threes, a nine, a six. Villain sticks it all in. Man, I'm so excited that I get to use my investment once again here on Tactical Tuesday. I don't even think we need it. 
we're going to use a heat equal up for the situation. We're going to do it just to to give another rep. I I I think we probably don't need it just okay because. But you know, the first thing is what's villain's value range. I think villain's value range is aces, kings, queens, and jacks. That and nines or yeah, nines probably. So ace, ace, king, king, queen, queen. Oh boy. Queen. I think you just do nine nine plus. Yeah, I think. I don't know. What about tens? It's close, but let's just give it to him. Let's let's start out with the worst case scenario again. You know. All right, fine. Nine nine plus. And, you know that that's already thirty combos of value. Yeah. You're getting uh, close to two to one. You need to win thirty five percent of the time in order to to do this thing. Ignore this calc on the right here. That was from the previous hand that's just still sitting up there. So you've got eight, eight, nine, nine. What what are their bluff bluffing hands? I don't know exactly what hands they bluff, but the way I thought about this in game, and which is why the reason I thought that I didn't even need an equity calculator for this is that he said that they have 30 combos of value. And for us to win about a third of the time, we need them to have about 15 combos of bluffs to sure. for us to make a break even call on the river ace queen offsuit is already 12 combos king queen offsuit is already 12 combos um i think one one thing that i i, I would disagree with a little bit is i don't know that they just blast with ace king and ace queen sure those are two okay. hands that i i think probably don't go in their big bet range on the flop okay um at least not in full for sure maybe sure, if they have sure. some sort of like backdoor blocker or something like that but yeah. for the sake of uh making this more difficult let's leave out ace king and ace queen kind of okay. straight away let's sure. give them you know king queen suited king queen suited do we want to be like specific about this yeah let's be let's be king of spades yeah. queen of spades king of clubs queen of clubs uh, queen of spades, jack of spades, queen of clubs, jack of clubs, jack of ten, spades, ten. ten of oh. spades, jack of clubs, ten of clubs. What do you say? Uh, then the king tens and the queen tens. King of spades, ten of spades, king of clubs, ten of clubs. All right, all right. And then um, queen ten. Queen ten of clubs. Queenton of spades. And they probably will have um, some like nut flush draws too, I imagine. Um, Ace of spades. King of spades, ace of spades, queen of spades, ace of spades, jack of spades. And let's just kind of leave it at that uh, for now and just kind of see see how this works out. Uh, you said we needed 15 bluff combos and we just input one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen so this shouldn't get us to 35 percent equity it should be a little bit short if math is correct and math is correct we're at 28 percent right now and this is kind of the, the the doomsday scenario i believe for us just, I don't even think this is the doom because we didn't even put in like ace ten, right? We stopped that ace sure, jack. Sure. Like we could, we could put in some ace five suited, some you know. Yeah, let's just remove a li- a few 
combos of value. So I, I removed the tens because I don't know. Maybe tens just jams too. But just removing the tens gets us pretty, pretty dang close. And then essentially the gravy aspect of this are hands that we didn't input at all. Some sort of hand that just bet the flop to bet the flop that didn't have a backdoor flush draw, that didn't have a front door flush draw. Maybe some offsuit combos like king queen. Um, if Throw in one king queen offsuit. Let's see what that does to just one 12 combos of offsuit Broadway that maybe they do, maybe they don't. Oh, I mean, it's it's over, right? Like we're at we're at fifty fifty percent equity if if we just add in like one mm -hmm. one combo of like or one full twelve combos of king queen off. Like we're we're yeah. home, right? So essentially, what what would you make of this output? You know, now that we we've kind of like looked at the the logical hands here that make the most sense um, for the big betting range, and we're two point five percent short. So. In your mind, it's still a slam dunk bluff catching opportunity, and, and so why is that, John? Um, okay, well, first thing that I would say is that like I don't think this is even like I said. I think we're missing hands like Ace Ten suited, and you know maybe like Ace Five of Spades or something like that. So I think we I don't even think that we are two percent short in the in the Doomsday scenario. Um, but like we said, with like King Queen offsuit getting thrown in there, if there are even just a handful of not even handful, if there's even one hand category like king queen off that gets thrown in there um it makes it a it makes it from being like a close call to being just a complete slam dunk call where we have over 40 percent equity and so i think this spot is going to work similarly or even more um it's an even more exaggerated version of the spot that we went over in hand number one where it's even easier to over bluff the situation i think um it's going to depend a little bit on like their flop c betting strategy because they're, they're only going to have hands to pull from on the river that bet 50% on the flop. But as long as they're, you know, even if they're only C betting their two overs plus backdoor flush draw or two overs plus front door flush draw type hands, we can see that like we're clearly getting enough, um, getting a good enough price on the river to call. So I think if we were to be safe and assume that, you know, there's some hands, maybe some like inappropriate hands in in quotes, like um, to bet 50% on the flop with, then like we just can never even think about folding a, a bluff catcher on the river here, just given how many combinations of, of, two overs they have yeah and you know i added in king queen of hearts here as well as ace ten of spades to the calc and now you know we meet the threshold we're at 35.7 yeah. so just two two extra combos is really what moves the needle and swings the pendulum over towards being able to call and you know as it relates to combo counting right like it's not an exact science and a lot of times you know there, there's a lot of unknown information and really the thing that you need to gauge is whether or not the unknown like essentially the upside or downside of the unknown information and what is more likely and i think in this case it's way more likely that there's upside based on unknown information in that villain has combos of hands that we are not aware of that they're put placing into their flop big bat range and then jamming the river, right? Which mm. makes it a, a pretty easy river call. Yep, yep. All right, cool. So let's go to the result. You did call. And Villain shows down the queen 10 of hearts, which is quite an appropriate way to, to end today's episode because as I mentioned, you know, queen 10 of hearts, not in the our Equilab calculation. And if they have Queen 10 of Hearts here, 
Maybe they have Jack 10 of hearts too. Maybe they have King queen of hearts. Uh, maybe they have King Jack of hearts, King, King 10 of hearts. King, uh, and if they have hearts, maybe they have diamonds, right? So then we add in all those combos of, you know, double Broadway diamond, diamond type hands to go along with the hard heart type hands. And, you know, you, you can see if we just go back to Equilab, like really, really quickly and just add in like Jack of diamonds, 10 of diamonds, queen of diamonds, 10 of diamonds, king of diamonds, queen of diamonds, uh, king Jack of diamonds, queen of diamonds, Jack of diamonds, king, king of, of diamonds, diamonds, Jack, Jack of, of diamonds, you know, we're at, 42% equity now, uh, didn't even add in all the, the heart heart combos, like the one that they had queen of hearts, queen of hearts, 10 of hearts, queen of hearts, jack of hearts, uh, king of hearts, jack of hearts, only upside, uh, only going up from here, you know, now we're at 46% equity and add in King queen off for the final curb stomp of potentially folding. And we have 56% equity if they, if they have, you know, an offsuit hand in full, um, we didn't add in any of the, uh, you know, busted nut flush draws that were like the, the ace deuce, ace four, ace five type busted nut flush draws. So yeah, just very, very easy, um, for them to be, out of whack in such a way that it makes calling pretty much slam dunk. And it's a lot more difficult for them to be fully balanced here and punish us for calling with eights by, um, you know, under bluffing the river. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big, yeah. The, the easiest way for that to happen, I think would be that they are flop C betting. Like we somehow peg their flop C betting strategy incorrectly and, they end up having way fewer bluffs for some reason on the river than we thought they did. But clearly when they show up with queen 10 of hearts, um, you know, if anything, we, we, we peg them incorrectly in the wrong direction where they, we thought that they might be C betting much tighter than they actually are. So once we see something like this, you know, kind of counter to the first hand, we actually learned something really, really big from the showdown that we can definitely call river with all of our bluff catchers. If they're showing up with these types of hands. Awesome, man. Great episode. Way to go. John came up with this all on his own. Good work. Your coaching skills are going through the roof on a, a daily, daily basis now that you're uh, doing, honestly, the, the majority of coaching with the, the CPG Wolves these days and one-to-ones and leading group coaching. And yeah, you've taken to the role very, very well. And I'm, I'm really proud of your, your progression and your growth. And yeah, it's great. Good times. Yeah, Learn from the best. Learn from the best. And yeah, if you want to break down hands like this and and you know get get coaching like this in a on a in a more private um private environment, then definitely think about submitting an application to the to the CPG Wolf CFP and we'll see yep. you in there. Yep. And go to wolftryouts.com, join the VIP email list. That's first notifications for when the when the door is open for tryouts. And that's all I'm gonna that's all I, that's all I got for today's episode of, of Tactical Tuesday. See you next week. See you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community. Book a coaching session 
or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast. The CPG Wolves. I'm more organized, I'm more productive, I eat better, I sleep better, I exercise consistently because I just live a more structured life due to this program. Having this much poker brain power in one place is a recipe for great things. My favorite aspect of being a wolf is the sense of community, having that network to bounce ideas off and learn from each other. Poker is a brutal game. (laughs) So yeah, if you're committed to poker, joining CPG Wolves will be the best decision that you can make. The data doesn't lie. We know things that other people don't know. I like it that way. I hate that you're advertising. I hope nobody else ever joins. (laughs) So yeah, I like it. Go to wolftryouts.com to apply.